All right, we are back on episode 15 of the What's Next podcast. We are so thankful that you have been joining us for this experience, this journey. And it's been a lot of fun. So welcome, everyone. It's great to have you today, and we're excited about what we're going to talk about. So we are actually on the last of our podcasts around the book of James. We've been working on this now for two months. It's been an incredible journey. We've been talking about very practical advice from James, the half-brother of Jesus. And as we've mentioned, pretty much every podcast is that James is always going back to Jesus. So when people say, well, I want to base my life on what Jesus said, well, then you can read James because James is like, I knew the dude. Like, yeah. I grew up with him. Oh, yeah. uh, I seen him. I know what he said. I know what he was all about. And I'm going to even reflect his words. And uh, so that's been awesome as we've been looking through the book of James just to see how much he looked up to his big brother, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I, when we think about the words of Jesus, people talk about the teachings of Jesus. And so it would be easy to say, well, that's, that's the talk. But then James puts it into the walk. If you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. I mean, it's just like they go together. And James is obviously so practical in that. And he just keeps bringing it back, keeps going to what his brother was teaching. And and uh, not every single word and every single verse is like that. But you just see it so often. And it's just very, very cool that he is repeating and reinforcing and reminding us of what Jesus taught, but in a very practical way. So we are now four days away from Christmas Day. Hmm. Um, That's hard to believe, but we are talking about being back from the brink. Yeah. And I know for many of us, myself included, Christmas is a time that's so filled with excitement. It's also kind of filled with anxiety. Um, There's the stress points. There's all these things that are going on, all these expectations around like family things, which are completely thrown out the window this year. Like Mm. everybody's trying to figure out how do we do our old traditions in new ways. And I, I think it brings us to this point in our lives where we're like, okay, when is enough enough? Hmm. And so we see it at Christmas time. But I, as you were talking, I thought, you know, that really exemplifies what our spiritual life is like. We get to a point where our fears, our anxieties, our loneliness, our, our feeling of something is just not right. Something's missing. There's got to be more yep. to life than this, it brings us to this point where we are at the brink. Mm-hmm. We're at our breaking point. Yeah. And, and James has some really good advice for the church's role and for your opportunity if you are finding yourself at the brink today. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I think we all would have to say is true from the original purpose of Christ coming into the world throughout you know, time and centuries and countries and, and nations, we've we've culturized and uh, kind of civilized uh, the Christmas story into customer service, uh, our pleasure, uh, what is wonderful and endearing. And there certainly is a part of that in the story of Christmas. And yet, if we're not careful, we continue to forget the real reason that Jesus came into the darkness and if you think of darkness, that's like looking over the brink down into the mm-hmm. darkness. And and we are all actually lost without that Savior. And so 
he came to bring us back, to restore us, to redeem us, to make us the people he wanted us to be. And I love that. And James picks up on that. Yeah, and so if you are a part of the church, and I don't just mean hillside, if you are part of the greater church, I know there's a, a lot of concern that, well, we're in isolation, we are separated from friends and family, like, what can we do? How can we? Like, things feel so hopeless, things feel so desperate. Uh, but, uh, Pastor, you mentioned that the church had been dispersed. When James was writing this, they were also dispersed. They also were not able to meet together, to come together. And when I say dispersed, they weren't dispersed to their homes. They were dispersed around the known world, all yeah. around the Roman Empire, which went from uh, Western Asia, even into India, all the way up into Great Britain was the Roman Empire. And Christians were dispersed all around that area, not allowed to meet. And their consequence for... Um, their belief was death. And, you know, we're just not allowed to, you know, go to the grocery store as a family. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the context, it's hard for us to fully grasp, especially if we have had freedoms our entire life. And and what better uh, country than Canada? I mean, we are the some of the blessed, if not one of the most blessed countries in the world, just because of where we're born. And if we have grown up here, we've had all the freedoms here, it seems so odd for us to have to think that we can't have what we want. Um, But that's not the way it is for many countries in the world, many places around the world. So, you know, it's very important for us, I think, to just keep being reminded of how blessed we are, but not for our own puffing up and saying we just want what we want and, and so on. But how do we take what God has given us? and turn it into that which is going to bless others and draw others as well. Yeah, and so we have this great opportunity, right? It's an opportunity to be dispersed, to share hope in this time when Mm -hmm. things feel so hopeless. And I I think part of that is then reflecting on who are we called to bring hope to. Mm -hmm. And you talked yesterday about the tax collectors and the sinners. Uh, And we so often we think about sinners as people who um, do wrong by us. Uh, but really sinners in this context were people who just were on the outs with the synagogue. They were on the outs with the temple. They didn't live their lives according to what was perceived as the religiously correct way to live. And I think there's a lot of people in our culture who feel that way. They don't. They wouldn't classify themselves as a sinner anymore because they don't feel like they're doing harm to anybody, which is what we seem to classify sin as being. But they would certainly say, I feel like I am out with the church. I feel like I don't prescribe to the religious expectations that the church has. And those are the type of people who Jesus is trying to reach. Those were the sinners. It wasn't just people who did wrong, but it was people who were outcast by the religious organization. Hmm. And so that's who we are called to reach out to. That's our, those are the people who are on the brink in the sense of they realize that they are on the outside of what Christ is trying to draw them into, which is his body, which is into his church. Yeah. So, I mean, from the scripture that we read in James chapter 5, verses 19 to 20, also the reference in Luke chapter 15, what Jesus spoke about the lost sheep, you know, there is that reality of, 
that which is lost, that which has wandered off, uh, that which has drifted away, whatever terminology or imagery that you want to think of, it's no longer a part of the, the body and, and the connected to uh, the believers. And so there's a part for uh, anyone who might be in that place would say, you know, would I at least own up or admit that that's me? You know, would I say, yeah, I actually have wandered. I actually have I once had an interest or I once had a relationship with God and now I just feel like I'm kind of distant and disinterested. Uh, or maybe things have happened to me in the life of my church going and I just got so turned off with the church that it, you know, kind of turned me off from everything, including a closeness of connection with Christ. So how how will people be drawn back to him? Uh, of course, Jesus the beautiful thing is he sought after, he was in, as I said, hot pursuit of everyone who was lost. And so we too uh, are admonished and advised here from James chapter 5 that we are to go. We are to help people who have wandered to come into relationship, back into relationship with Christ and his church body. And one of the things that you mentioned yesterday was Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep. And so when we talk about people who have wandered, um, you know, I think as Christians, we, we especially lately, we've gotten in this feeling of woe is us because the world is turning against us and there's more of them versus us. Uh, but in this context, Jesus tells a story about there's 99 uh there's a hundred sheep, but yep. 99 that are still in the fold. And there's one sheep that has gotten away. Hmm. And he, he goes after that one sheep. And I'm not a shepherd. Uh, I've never chased after sheep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we've all had a dollar broken down into nickels, quarters, dimes. And, yeah. you know, I know some of you young and aren't familiar with the penny, but we used to have a thing called a penny. It was worth one one hundredth of a dollar. And you'd have all of these pennies saved up, right? And if you lost a penny, a lot of times it's like, okay, it was a penny. I mean, that's why they did away with right. it. I mean, it was, it was just a penny. Like, who cared? Yeah. But Jesus is saying, no, I, I want that penny back. I, I'm willing to put aside the 99 to get the one. I'm willing to put the 99 cents up on my dresser until I find that one penny to make the whole, make the full dollar. And so if you are at the brink, you are that penny, you are that sheep. Hmm. And though we in the world might be like, eh, I don't know if it matters or not. Like at least we have 99. Jesus' mindset is no, you matter. Hmm. And it says all of heaven celebrates over that one sheep, yeah. over that one talent, that one penny. Uh, that's incredible. All of heaven celebrates over you when you give your life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and if that should startle us, really, when we think of the heart of God, the heart of God for lost people. And what he invites us to is to allow his heart to become our heart, right? To be conformed into the image of Christ. So if we are more concerned about ourselves or about the 99 and keeping making sure everybody um, is content and happy and so on, but there's one who's lost. Uh, we're kind of missing something here that Jesus is speaking about. Uh, I read a quote this week that got my attention. It's, it's the same idea, but it's said just a little bit different. And it, the statement was, the question was, do we love our church building more than we love our neighbors? Oh. And I was like, I was captiv captivated by that. I was like, 
do we love to be in the structure and the familiarity of what we know more than we love our neighbors? And so I take it from that same parable. Do we love the 99 more than we love the lost one? Mm. And wow, did it ever, it rocked me. It, it really uh, spoke to me and, and uh, gave me a, a new wake-up call to the importance of the one that might seem like, okay, they're, they're not interested, they're far away, but there's all these others that are interested. But Jesus was like, I'm going after the one. And wow, that uh, really spoke to me this week, even from Sunday's message that this quote came to me. That is so good. So do you love the church building more than you love your neighbor? Hmm. What a powerful question to reflect on. And so as we are heading into this Christmas season, as we're heading into um, the celebration of Christmas, we you you ended up bringing forward this story of Simeon. Now, hmm. what's interesting about the, the story of Christmas is that we as Protestants, let's let's take onus for this. We celebrate really big up to the twenty fourth, and then we celebrate at our homes in the twenty fifth, <laughs> and then Christmas right. is over. Um, now, if we were Catholic, we would have Christmas Day. The twenty fifth is actually the first of the twelve days of Christmas. So, for all those who think the twelve days of Christmas have ended, no, no, they're just beginning. Each day starting the twenty fifth represents something that happened in the story of Christmas following. The birth of Jesus Christ, mm. including the showing up of the wise men, the shepherds, all of that. But one of the things that is most important that happened was the presentation of Jesus at the temple. This mm. was customary on the eighth day. Young boys, especially the first son of a family, was to be presented at the temple as a dedication to God, that the child belonged to God, and then a sacrifice was to be made to redeem the son back. And so this is so symbolic that when Jesus was taken to the temple to be dedicated to God as a sacrifice, as being owned by God for God's purposes, here's the Son of God himself being given to God for mm. God's purposes, He's there's an interaction between his parents and Simeon, this wise prophet who had been waiting for the Messiah to come. Mm. And it's so powerful so enlightening when he takes jesus in his arms and he says jesus is the light he says i have seen the light that will be to the gentiles the jews yep. and the gentiles alike all of a sudden the national divides have fallen down and there's one kingdom united in the infant of jesus christ hmm. yeah I, I only shared verses 30 and 32 from that second chapter in Luke and, and there are other verses where Simeon even outlines what is going what the Christ is means and how it's going to create uh, this uh, real big challenge in the world but I, I referenced verse 30 and 32 I've seen your salvation he is a light to reveal God and so I think of this idea of where people would say you know I think of God as being mystical or out there or a spirit how can I even know God? How can I even understand him? Well, I love how it says he is a light to reveal God. So Jesus came. And so in the flesh, he helps us to understand who God is. So as a baby, of course, we don't uh, get to see the full uh, evidence of that yet. But we're going to get to see it through his life. 
But this was obviously spoken by Simeon to say this man is going to reveal something to us that we need because we are walking in darkness and we need a light that is going to save us. Now, as you were sharing this, you shared that passage about people who sat in darkness um, in a land that has no shadow. Mm. And it, it brought to me this this image, and it's not very Christmassy, but it brought to me the image of the Lion King. And there's this part where Mufasa and Simba are sitting up on Pride Rock, and he says, all that you see in the light is will belong to you one day. Mm. And then Simba says, well, what's that over there? And and Mufasa, which I think is James Earl Jones, isn't it? Uh, it's been too long. It's been I a while. Remember. Anyway, whoever it is, he, he, <laughs> he, says, he says to him, that's the Shadowlands. You must never go there. Mm. And I thought, what a different perspective from the conversation that must have had between the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. You know, if you were to take that imagery and put it into kind of a relational conversation for them, and Jesus were to point over to the shadow land and said, what's that over there? It would be, you must go there. You need to bring light <laughs> there. Yep. And I think so many of us, we live in that, that shadow land. We feel so untouched, so uncared for uh, by the Father. But the Father saying, no, I'm sending the Son there to bring light we're not going to be happy with all that we can just see. We're going to go to the shadow land and we're going to bring light. We're going to bring hope there into your life, into your situations. Yeah, I, th- I mean, a great way to think of that would be we, we will avoid the darkness because it's too scary. It seems too insurmountable. Jesus enters it. I mean, he, he confronts it. He is going to truly break into darkness. And when that happens, all of a sudden it's like, the light starts to illuminate and it dispels darkness. Mm-hmm. So you think of that of any dark room and if you had the light switch, you know, it fills the room like in the room we're sitting now. But if you had, say, a flashlight or a candle uh, or, you know, light on your phone, I mean, there's a part where it doesn't maybe dispel as much. But of course, you know, the, the magnitude and the power of the Christ is that he dispels darkness. And so if we are willing to accept that, uh, we're going to find darkness continuing to be pushed back in our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, as we come to a, a close here on this podcast, I think something that we often forget um, is the need to remember that that we are not perfect people. Mm. Um uh, especially pastors, we get put up on this pedestal of expectation that we are going to get it right 100% of the time. Um, I'm lucky if I get it right 50% of the time. But but we, we try, right? We try to live our lives according to the ways that, that Christ has called us to. Um, we're not perfect, but you said, you said it really. You said we aren't perfect, but we are on a mission. Hmm. And we want to invite you to join us yep. in the journey of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as leaders, we're not perfect. As the church, we're not perfect. So if you were looking for perfection, um, there's no perfect people here. So um, you, you'll keep searching and you'll never find it because there is no such thing as a perfect church or a perfect person or group outside of Jesus himself. So the journey of walking with Jesus is one where we're going to be at different points, different places on the journey. There may be some people who have been on the journey for a while and the maturing process of God has really developed some Christ-like characteristics. And we are drawn to that because we see 
strength and maturity and Christ-likeness. There may be others who are early in the journey, um, in the middle of the journey, wherever they may be, and it's like, I'm still learning. I, I still struggle with this. I still have this as a hang-up. This vice continues to tempt me and pull me in. And so um, I think the beauty is what we're wanting to do is connect everybody with Jesus. So if you're willing and interested and desiring to connect with Jesus, come on the journey with us. And we'll all be at different places, but that's where we have to exercise love and patience and and uh, perseverance with one another to keep one another moving forward to be all that God wants us to be. And that, that's awesome. So this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time it is that you are listening to this, if you are finding yourself in the shadows, if you are finding yourself on the brink, fear, anxiety, you know that there's something you are missing. We want to invite you into a better journey of faith with Jesus Christ to take that moment right now and to ask for Jesus to forgive you and to become the Lord and Savior, the leader of your life. Because he is the great shepherd who is looking for that one sheep that has gone lost, that's gone to the brink. And he wants to celebrate over you being found, over you joining in the journey of faith, having a full life in the present and in the future that's only found in him. That's a good word, Mike. And so if you're listening today and we can be a part of that journey, we would be honored. And if you want to touch base with us, you can certainly uh, click on our website. We are hillside.church and you can touch base with us and we would do everything we can to try and help you discover more about what that means to connect with Jesus. Yeah, so just to reiterate there on the website, the whole website is wearehillside.church uh, so that you can find us there. Uh, and we just want to say thank you for joining us. It's been an awesome year, even though it's been a very different year. And I know some of you are thinking, how can you say it's awesome? Well, because the light of Jesus is still being shown, that he's still dispelling darkness, and that makes everything awesome. And so we're thankful that you're with us. Next week, we're going to hear from different staff members about how things are going in their lives through the year. And we're excited to have you with us. Let's end with a little bit of fun as we wrap up today. Thanks, everyone. It's been a great year.